Welcome to TNS, the new school at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for more stories and music titled Yo Papa with Rachel Naomi Remen and Karen Drucker. Welcome, everyone. Great to have you here. Greetings uh, and special greetings to all of you fathers out there and to also to all of you who are children of fathers. <laughs> this is me. Um, we decided to share some photos of us with our dads today on, on our webinar. This is me on the right there with my sister and my dad at um, uh, when we would spend our summers out in central Illinois at the lake lot. So just starting off with a sweet note, bringing my dad into the webinar. Thank you, Ken. And oh, while we're at it, Ken, why don't you share yours? Ken Adams, this is a, a picture of Ken Adams, our production engineer, with his son and his dad as well. So bringing them into the webinar as well. All right. So I'm Kira Epstein, the program coordinator at the New School at Commonweal, and we've been doing these hour-long stories and music events with Rachel and Karen since November, and they're such a treat. Uh, you can dip into any of them. Um, they're one-hour recordings on our media sites. Each one is really special and unique, and it comes directly from the heart in the way that only Karen and Rachel can do. And for anyone who may be new to the New School at Commonweal, we are a learning community that offers conversations and events with leaders and change makers like Karen and Rachel in the areas we champion, which are nature, culture, and inner life. We've been offering our programs free of charge for more than 15 years, and we have almost 400 conversation recordings now. You can find them on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify, or on our website, tns.commonweal.org. Most of you already know our guests. Rachel is co-founder and current medical director for the Commonweal Cancer Help Program, and she's joined us many, many times at the New School. We're so happy to have her back. Karen Drucker is a keynote speaker, a women's retreat facilitator, a songwriter, and an entertainer who has recorded 22 CDs of her beautiful music. Ken Adams, uh, I mentioned him earlier, he's our sound engineer. He's behind the scene making sure that everything works the best way it can. So thank you, Ken, for doing that. And finally, a big thank you and welcome to you for joining us today. We're honored to have you with us. Okay, Karen and Rachel, I'll turn things over to you. Thank you all for joining us at the New School at Commonweal. Yay. Thank you, Kira. Thank How you. lovely to be with you. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Karen. Oh, I was just thinking about what, what Kira just said about Ken. Behind the scenes, making things go the, the best way that they, they can. And that is fathers, isn't it? <laughs> That's pretty much what we're talking about today, isn't it? <laughs> so we are grateful to Kira and Ken for all their support of getting us up and running and doing this every month. And yeah, so Rachel, this has been an interesting topic for us this time, hasn't it? Kind of. It has been. My first take was that I hadn't written any stories about my father. And my first take was I have no songs about my father. <laughs> 
So there you go. How are we going to spend an hour with yeah. <laughs> doing this? That's particularly funny because my father was my primary parent. My mother was a professional woman. She was a, a, a nurse um, and um, was not really part of my childhood until I was a teenager, really. But my father was my primary parent, my go-to parent. Yeah. And I did have some stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I love about doing this with you, Rachel. It's like we we both were kind of in that place of like, I don't know, I got nothing. And just in talking, I mean, that's what, and that's one of the things I was saying to you last night when we were talking about this. That's what I love about songwriting. You know, you get in a room with someone and it's like, okay, let's write a song. And you say to the person, well, you have any ideas? I got nothing. They say to me, I got nothing. <laughs> And then, but that's the magic of of being with you, Rachel, is that the more we just talk about stuff, we just start to just drop down into that deeper place of like, well, what can we really talk about with fathers? And and so I looked at it from my standpoint, I said, well, what what are some of the lessons that my dad taught me? What are some of the things that that he said to me that I've embodied? And when I looked at it that way, I went, well, I have a bunch of songs about that, a bunch of messages that he gave me. And um, so I'm going to start off this morning, if it's okay with you, Rachel, with a couple songs here. And this first one, um, you know, my dad was the type of person, and this is one of the things that we talked about, is that we both were uh, instilled with this idea of like, don't sit around and wait for things to happen, like go out and get them. And my dad really... um, um, I would say that my dad was one of these people. He was an entrepreneur. I- interestingly enough, when he came from New York to Hollywood, he became a comedy writer for um, different big studios. And there's a picture of my dad when he was young and he was just about to head off on his own to California. And I look so much like him. It's just amazing. But um, you know, he just, he, he set off to Hollywood. I mean, one of those true stories of taking the train by himself, I'm going to go to Hollywood and be this writer. And he came to, uh, came to Hollywood and became a writer for uh, like Jack Benny and radio shows. And one of the things that was really interesting, I think you could show the next picture, Ken, if you want. The guy is just, uh, uh, he was just wacky. He was funny. He was a comedian. Um, you know, he just brought out the crazy in me and we were just, I, I got my comedy from him. And that's, you know, I don't even know if you know this about me, Rachel, but, you know, I started off as a comedian and in all of this, I was playing comedy clubs in San Francisco for years. I still write a lot of comedy songs, but I got that from him. But the main thing I got from him is this idea of just do it. You know, don't talk about what you want to do. Just go out there and and get it done. And because of that, because of that example, you know, I've I pretty much have always been independent, had my own career. I I rarely worked for other people, and a lot of this was instilled by him getting fired by MGM. You know, with the, he had this this contract, whatever. But then, you know, all the writers got fired, and he, he swore. I think he must have been twenty three or four or something. He swore he would never work for anyone again. He would always be his own boss, and he instilled that in me and my sister. And that's how I've pretty much managed this career. So 
I'm going to start off with this little fun rap song that I wrote that it's it's pretty much, if, if anything, all these words that I'm saying are things at some point he said to me. So, just do, just do it. Now, I might have done this song before, I can't remember, but this is a fun one. So, let's, uh, I'm going to teach you all the chorus. I want you to sing with me. But let's start off today with a little bit of exercise and stretch and flex. Get up and move if you want. It goes like this. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't put it off. Just do it. Just say it. I'm going to speak my truth. I'll state my needs. Just say it. Just claim it. Act as if. Know it's done. Just claim it. Just breathe. Breathe in faith. Breathe out fear. Just breathe. Now here's your part. Just do it. You say, just do it. Just do it. You say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I'm gonna give myself a gentle push. I'm gonna start today. Just do it. Once again, don't talk about it. Don't put it off, just do it. Just trust. Trust. Trust myself. Trust myself. Trust my heart. Just trust. Just trust. Then love. Give love. Show love. Just love. And faith. Faith. I have faith. All is well. I have faith. Here's your part. Just do it. Just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it, come on do it, I'm gonna give myself a gentle push, I'm gonna start today, hey! Alright, so one of the things that I'm trying to do is be hip and current. So someone said to me, Karen, if you could just rap, you'd be hip and current. So this is my version of it. Every time I criticize and focus on my flaws, I don't realize that I am worthy and capable and I deserve to have it all. So now's my time to rise and shine, go for the dreams in my mind. Take one small step and I'll be afraid. With faith and love, I've got it made. Ah! So just do it. One, two, three. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't put it off, just do it, just do it, just do it. Whatever, I want. whatever I want, I'll start today, hey, just, just do it. it, just do it, oh do it, are you singing with me? Do I don't know if I hear you, just do it, just do it, just do it, I'm gonna give myself a gentle push, I'm gonna start today, just do it, you know what? done so just do it get out of your way and just do it so I found this little prayer I'll read to you and then one other little um, part of my dad was the idea of like just don't be afraid of things allow yourself if you're going to do it if you're going to get out there and do it know that I'm always with you 
But today, everyone just take a deep breath and just close your eyes for a moment. So today I bless the men and my father who have shown me kindness. Today I bless and give heartfelt thanks to my father and all the men who were fatherly figures to me. Their protective presence, their wise guidance, caring instruction have helped me make me the person that I am today. I bless my father and those who shared a fatherly love and care with prayers of appreciation for my memories throughout all the seasons of my life. Through good times and bad, I see love expressing through my father and the men who have shown me fatherly love. I bless them with prayers of gratitude, affirming they know the love and the care that they have shown generously and faithfully to me. So this is one of the things that my father always said to me, be not afraid, for I am with you always. Be not afraid, for I am always with you. Be not afraid, forever and always I am with you. Be not afraid. So let's sing that together. I'll teach it to you. Be not afraid, for I am with you always. For I am with you always. Be not afraid, for I am always with you. For I am always with you. Be not afraid, forever and always. Forever and always, I am with you. Be not afraid. Let's sing that one more time. Be not afraid. For I am with you always, be not afraid, for I am with you always, for I am always with you. Be not afraid, forever and always, forever and always, I am with you. Be not afraid. Here's the bridge, I'll sing this to you. Be Sing that line with me. Just say, Be, be not afraid. Be not afraid. I'm not afraid for you are with me. I'm not afraid for you are with me always. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. You are always with me. You are always with me. I'm not afraid forever and always. Forever and always, I, you are with me. I'm not afraid. Let's sing that one more time. I'm not afraid. You are with me always. You are with me always. I'm not afraid. You are always with me. You are always with me. I'm not afraid. Forever and always, you are with me. I'm not afraid. Just that last line. You are with me. I'm not afraid. So picture your dad in your mind, whether he's here or not. Just say, you are with me. I'm not afraid 
not afraid You are with me, I'm not And over to you, dear Rachel. Wow, Karen, that is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard you sing. Oh, thank you. I love it. I love it. And I think it sums it up for me. Um, Let me say a few words about my dad as well. Kira, can I have the picture? There it is. Where we are is at the very, very edge of the Atlantic Ocean. And a little wave has just come in, right? And there's my dad. His eyes are on the horizon. And he's pointing me across the great unknown of the ocean to the horizon. And I am so little that all I can see is a little wave that is just broken across my feet. But his steadiness of holding me to the horizon is so much about what his whole relationship to me was about. He had my back and he had a view of what was possible. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to read just one story. Um, about what 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 fathering was like um, in in our family, uh, and probably to some degree in your family as well. So this story is called Lifeline, and it goes like this: My father was in the hospital for ten days after his heart surgery. The long incision that ran from the front of his chest all the way around to his back was healing well. And he was able to eat and walk in the hall. He's doing just fine, the nurses said. But he's not talking, I replied, concerned. Maybe he's just tired, they told me. (laughs) My father was born talking. He had an opinion on everything. As the days went on, his silence frightened me. He seemed to understand everything that was said to him, but he had no response. He had been in surgery for almost 10 hours. He had never been sick before. Since the surgery, he had not said a single word. He seemed numbed, frozen in some way. Thinking about it, I had a sense of my father hanging out in the vicinity of his body, shocked out of it by the pain and unimaginable invasiveness of the procedure, uncertain whether to put himself in harm's way again and get back in. He seemed, it seemed like a vulnerable time, as if some decision about continuing on had yet to be made. The days passed and things did not get better. One afternoon, as I sat with him, I could barely hold back my tears, and I realized how afraid I was for him. His body was there in the room with me, walking, eating, healing, but he had gone somewhere else, and it seemed that no one but me had noticed. He lay in his bed with his eyes closed, looking small and somehow deflated, as if the life had leaked out of him and he had collapsed like an empty balloon. I didn't know what to do. 
Deeply distressed, I took the hand lotion from his bed table and, and uncovered his feet. Standing at the foot of his bed, I began to slowly rub his feet with the lotion. His eyes remained closed. Unable to bear seeing him this way, I kept my eyes focused on his feet. After a while, I began to talk to him. I started at the beginning of our relationship, telling him what I could remember of him as a little girl, the things we did together when I was very small. And then I just continued on. I reminded him of how he had pushed my swing for hours in the swing park, how he had taken me to school the first day and stood at the bottom of the steps taking my picture over and over again until I was late. About the time I had broken my arm and he had carried me at a dead run all the way to the neighborhood doctor's office singing nursery rhymes to me at the top of his lungs. I reminded him of the many hours he had helped me do my homework, of playing Jim Rummy together and his letting me win, of driving me and my date to our high school prom, wearing a, rent, a rented tuxedo himself. I reminded him of the long trip to college and how we had both cried when he left, of the many late night phone calls of encouragement and how when I hugged him just minutes after graduating from medical school, he had said to me, now you can join the circus, and then burst into tears. And all the while I rubbed his feet. Finally, I reminded him of the conversation we had just had last week when he had given me the pages and pages of instructions about what to do if he did not come back from the operating room. But you didn't die, Papa, I told him. You made it through. One of my father's feet moved slightly. I looked up. My father was looking at me. The numb and distant look of the past weeks was gone. Suddenly, he threw back his head and began to laugh. Indescribably relieved, I began to laugh too. I am a tough old bastard, he told me, and a good thing too. What would you do without me? Which sums up the whole thing. Ah, oh, that's just beautiful, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, a lot of people are, are, are fathers to us and fathers to others who have no genetic relationship to them at all. That being a father is a spiritual state, I think, and not always, not, not always accompanied by a physical connection. And I'd like to read one more story, if I could, about that. Uh, it's called When Somebody Knows. I've had Crohn's disease for 70 years. In 1981, after feeling well for a long time, I began to have mysterious and frightening symptoms. Sometimes in the midst of some ordinary activity, uh, I would begin to shake uncontrollably, and within minutes, my temperature would rise to 106 degrees. 
Other times I'd grow flushed and experience the acute onset of such profound fatigue that if I were out, I would barely be able to get home. My physicians ordered progressively more sophisticated tests without finding any answers. My numbers were normal, but I decidedly was not. Over a period of several months, these symptoms grew more frequent and severe. I continued to visit my doctors regularly, more because I didn't know what else to do than because they were offering me any explanation or help. Eventually, I stopped telling him some of the mo- telling them some of the most un- the more unusual things that I was experiencing. I felt they no longer wanted to hear. As things became worse, I began to feel that something very dangerous was happening to me that no one could name. The fear of this cause is impossible to describe. It seemed to me that I was looking at the world through a plate glass window, caught up in a set of events that dominated my life and that no one else experienced or understood. In desperation, I made an appointment to see yet one more doctor a surgeon who had sat with me on the advisory board of a research project. Dr. Smith was the chief of the Department of Surgery at a large HMO, a prepaid health plan, whose protocol legislated the length of time that a doctor could spend with a patient in any single visit. We would have 15 minutes together. Sitting in his tiny examining room waiting I regretted making the appointment. Probably it would be a waste of time. What could this man possibly do to be of help to me in 15 minutes when several other physicians had not been able to offer much despite hours of their time? There was a soft knock on the door and Dr. Smith entered. He greeted me and then spent a few minutes sitting quietly and reading over the lab results and x-ray studies I had brought with me. Then he leaned toward me and said, tell me why you have come. I looked into his face and I saw a genuine concern. I began to tell him all the things I was experiencing, starting with the more commonplace and finally including such things as the strange taste that often awakened me from sleep, and the times when I suddenly lost all sense of direction and was unable to remember how to get home. My voice shook a little. He continued to listen. Slowly I began to tell him other things, things I'd not told anyone else how the doctor that first diagnosed my illness had told me I would die before I was 40. And my father had unexpectedly died a few few months before because of a medication error. And I had brought my mother ill with severe heart disease across the country to live with me. I shared my anxiety about being able to care adequately for her complex needs. The worry that my present health problems might cause me to let my own parents down, my own patients down. The loneliness I felt when friends went on without me because I could no longer keep up. Eventually, I had said it all, and then I just cried. It took no more than eight or nine minutes to tell my whole story. Dr. Smith said nothing to interrupt and just listened closely. 
When I had finished, he asked a few questions that showed me that he had heard and fully understood. Then he reached for my hand and told me that he realized how hard things were. He validated my concerns. Despite the strangeness of these happenings, this was not all in my head. There's no question that there is something going on that we do not we we do not yet understand. He told me. He reminded me that my lab studies had ruled out the truly life-threatening possibilities. He assured me that eventually, whatever this was, would declare itself more clearly. And when it did, if there was a surgical solution, he would be there with me in the operating room. He looked at me and smiled. We will wait together, he told me. You're listening to a TNS presentation with Rachel Naomi Remen and Karen Drucker. Like the others, he had no diagnosis. What he offered was his caring and companionship, his willingness to face the unknown with me. In 14 minutes, he had lifted the loneliness which had separated me from others and from my own strength. In some way that I didn't yet understand, this made all the difference. Someone else knew. Someone else cared. And because of this, I found that I had the courage to deal with whatever was going to happen. Several months later, when the great abscess hidden deep in my abdomen finally appeared on an x-ray, it was he who did my surgery. And to me, I think a lot of us are fathers in just the same way. Mm. I think that this is a story of what it means to be a father, to stand with the unknown, offering your own strength in support of someone else's journey. Oh, that's beautiful, Rachel. Hey, you know what? I have a, I have a song that kind of matches that. Can I oh, sing a little God. song and give you a break for, before you set up your next, next uh, story? This is... Uh, I think this really does... Sum it up, what we're talking about here today. About someone just standing with you. Uh-oh, my cat just woke up. I hope he doesn't start singing background vocals for me. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it goes like this. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand. So if you're out there, sing with me. Just say this. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand. Here's a verse. And I will stand by you when you need a friend. Won't you let me in? And I will stand by you every night and day. I will stand by you all the way. Here we go. Sing with me now. 
I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand again. I will stand by you. So think about someone that stands by you. Put them in your mind's eye and thank them right now. I will stand by you. I will stand by you. I will stand. I will hold your hand and I will stand by you and help you understand and I will stand by you if you need me to and I will stand by you and I am gonna see you through when you're alone it's like the world is closing in well i can promise you you'll always have a friend i will stand by you i will stand by you i will stand i will stand by you i will stand by you i will stand I will stand by you. 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 I will stand. So right now, think about the people in your life that stand by you, that are there. Fathers, father figures, friends. So Rachel, I will tell you right now. I will always stand by you. I will stand by you. Another wonderful song. Love that. You know, the interesting thing is, I think that all of us have a father and a mother inside of us, and we relate to people from from either. Um, Yeah, you even wrote that line about that 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 some of the best. What? How did you say it? The best. mothers are the ones that have that father energy and vice versa, you know, that it's just, it is, it's that, it's, Mm -hmm. it's that balance of the two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you have to actually be a grown up before you really come to appreciate what your parents, your parents have contributed to you, how they have supported you. That often we get, we are much more aware of how, how they, they, they wanted us to go in one direction, we're going in another direction, or um, somehow we expect X and we get Y and, and, and we're angry about that or disappointed or let down. And it takes a long time before we realize that um, they have supported our lives in ways that perhaps it's taken us years to understand. Oh, I, I completely agree, Rachel. I mean, the the things that I fought about the most with my father, now as an adult, I look back and think, oh my God, what a gift. Yeah. You know, he was, my father was a competitive swimmer and he stuck both my sister and I in competitive swimming at six years old. And I 
rebelled because that's all I did was swim. You know, I mean, I was on a team. I was nationally ranked swimmer. I, that's all I had was swimming. I would come home from school. We would immediately go to workout and all my friends would be going off to the movies and, you know, they would see me later and say, oh, well, we didn't invite you because we thought you were swimming. And I just was so resentful that it's like, you know, why am I doing this? And every time I tried to quit, you know, he wouldn't let me. And I'll tell you something that this, being a swimmer to this day, I've been swimming now since I was six years old. It's the, the most constant thing in my life. It's the biggest joy in my life. It's, I got this all from my father and it's, it's something I bless every single day. It's the only thing that keeps me sane. <laughs> And you don't swim in a swimming pool, right? No, I swim in the bay. Well, I swim in a, a swimming pool. I'm on a team, an adult team, but I also swim in the bay. And I'll tell you, Rachel, can I tell you one little story? Yeah. When my dad was dying from cancer, um, I was, you know, here's, here's an interesting little story I'll just share, is that um, he, you know, he was a very impatient person. And when he was dying from cancer. He just was like, you know, why is this taking so long? I should just be dead by now, you know? And I, but he, I wound up coming down to Los Angeles like every week, you know, I would fly down and just spend time with him. And we had the deepest, most beautiful conversations when, when we knew that the end was near, he just all of a sudden opened up in a way he had never done before with me. And we shared at such a deep level, but a few days before he died, I looked at him and I said, do you want to go swimming? And he just kind of went like, is that possible? And I took him up to our little tennis club that he went, that he swam at every single day of his life. And I gingerly brought him out to the pool. I mean, he could barely walk at this time, but he could still walk and he was determined. And we got in the water and we started swimming just, you know, really slow and we got to the end, and he looked at me and said, thank you so much. Um, and I remember turning around, and my, you know, my goggles were filled with my tears. And it was probably one of the sweetest moments I had ever had with him. And, you know, when I swam the English Channel, I was part of a relay team that swam the English Channel. It was probably the proudest moment of his life that I did this, that something he instilled in me had gone to this place that he would have never thought of, that here I was, I was on the first American women's relay team to swim the English Channel. And he just told everybody about this. And my father would never allow the truth to just be the truth. I think he expanded on that thing. I think he <laughs> told everybody that I did it by myself, that I did it four times across. I don't even know what he was saying to people. But I knew that that was the the most proud he had ever been that I had I had done that, and it was all from him giving me his gift of what swimming was to him. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, my father died oh twenty five years ago, and I'm still learning about the relationship. <laughs> Me too. Mine's at 30 at this point. Me too. Every day. I need to appreciate it. Um, I have a, a little story about that. Can I share? Tell, please. It's called At the End of the Day. The son of a patient of mine came to see me in the weeks after his father's death. Their relationship had been a troubled one. 
the son being an adventurous and radically innovative artist, and the father a conservative and careful businessman whose opinionated ways had angered his son from adolescence. In reflecting on his father, he spoke of these differences. I keep thinking of the aggravating things he used to say. Look before you leap. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. And how cautious he was about any sort of risk. As I was growing up, it seemed to me that every step I took forward had to be tested against his skepticism. Recently, I sold a huge show to a major museum. And after my presentation to the board, one of the trustees came up and said, how could we have refused you? You had anticipated and resolved every one of our objections. Your thinking about the risk of it was so seamless that we had to go along. In that moment, I saw my dad in a completely different way. Because of him, I have become expert at putting solid foundations under my dreams. I am a builder of new ideas and new forms. I did not realize that dad was a builder too because what he built was foundations, foundations of values, foundations of financial security. He was rigid, but a good foundation has to be rigid. Like a compass, he always pointed due north. His north was security and caution. I had thought that his pointing meant that this was the direction I needed to take that he wanted me to take, I think I was mistaken. What it meant only was that this was due north and I could orient my own direction from the constancy of it. He never failed me. I was talking about this to my mother who suggested that I read Khalil Gibran's poem from the prophet, the one on children. The last paragraph broke me up. LeBron talks about not being able to follow your children or even to understand them because they belong to a future that you can never visit, not even in your dreams. Then he compares the parents to the bow and the children to the arrows. He says to the parents, let your bending in the archer's hand be for joy, for as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves the bow that is stable. The bow that is stable. I cried when I read that. That was my old man. He was the foundation under my dreams. He fell silent for a few moments, then he smiled at me. I guess I didn't really get it until he was gone. I can relate. It's interesting. Um, when we first uh, began to prepare to do this presentation together, my first take was, I, I don't have anything to say about this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, that's, that's what I love about this uh, process, is that we both get to really dig in ourselves for what, what these things mean. I mean, I've been thinking about ever since we decided to do this, 
you know, I've just been thinking about my father. I mean, he died in 1991, you know, and I mean, that's a long time ago. And yet it's just bringing up those memories, thinking about the gifts, the things that made me crazy about him, the things that I rebelled against. I mean, we were very similar, so we had a lot of friction. My mother was the one who was gentle and, oh, it was just everything I did was great. My dad was like, he did not want me to do this career. He kept saying, you'd be so much better behind the scenes. You're a good producer. You know, he was very threatened by what I'm doing, just did not want me to do it. Oh. So, yeah, the lessons that we've learned. I think our fathers did not want us to encounter the disappointments that they encountered. I think that's exactly what it is with my dad. And that the only way they knew to prevent that was to try to set us off in a completely different direction. Yes. And I think that the more things that he taught me that I rebelled against are also the things that have made me who I am today. Because like he, he, I mean, he just was very clear about don't be smarter than guys, than men. Don't be funnier. You know, I mean, we, we got in fights about this. It was this real, you know, and God bless him. He came from that place of this is what a woman's role is. I remember he, he snapped at my mother one time when I was being very like, this is the way things should be. And I was just, you know, kind of in that, that energy. And he just said, why, didn't, why haven't you taught her? You know, why haven't you taught her what a, a, a lady or a girl or a woman should be? You know, and my mom was like, oh. <laughs> but I have to say that all of that made me the person that I am today that, that, allows me to trust my heart and to know. Actually, can I, do you, can I give you a little song here? Um, this, is what I, this is what I think I, I distilled from all that, is really trusting and knowing for myself what I need. I don't know. I don't know how I know. I know but I know that I know. I need to remember that I know, yes, I know, I know. I need to trust, need to trust that I know, because it's so obvious that I know. I, know. I need to tell my head Ooh. that I know, because my heart knows that I know. When I don't trust, trust that, that I know, then I forget, forget how much I know. If I breathe and surrender, I remember that I know. Why do I doubt, do I doubt that I know? I know who else but me would know. Would know. When I forget, Ooh. you can remind me that I know no, I always know. When I don't trust that I know, then I forget how much I know. When I breathe and surrender, I remember that I know. I'm gonna trust, gonna trust that I know every day. Tell myself that I know. If I forget, please remind me that I know. I always know. I know. Yes, I know. I always know. I always know. I always know.
No. no. So I know. And that's what I think. And the more he resisted and said, you can't do this, it was like, no, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. I know this is who I'm supposed to be. You know, Karen, you, when I think back, your dad died in 91. Yes. My dad died um, in 81, mm. 10 years earlier. And in those days, um, people were not, women were not raised to do the kind of things that we do. That's true. Um, women like us were pitied. Yes, <laughs> she's never going to get a man. <laughs> yeah, right. Poor thing. Right. You know, I've never been married, and, and that, that made me an old maid. Right. And, and we were pitied. If, if, if we, we did not have a man in our life to direct us, yes. protect us, and all of this. And yet my father didn't raise me to be directed and protected. And then when I turned out to be the kind of person who is not directed and protected, he sort of was shocked by that. Yeah. It's almost like, what have I done? I've, I've made my daughter someone who doesn't fit in in some way. Well, yeah. maybe that's why we're friends, Rachel, because <laughs> yeah. we're both people who don't fit in. <laughs> but, you know, my father never gave me any kind of limitation because I was a little girl. He never said, you know, that, that's not a good thing for a little girl to do. You're not supposed to play baseball. He taught me how to play baseball. Mm. And then when I learned how to play baseball, it was almost like he became aware that somehow or other, this would, might not make life easier for me. Right? Yeah. But he was wrong. Yes, <laughs> truly. Was, yeah. Well, hey, let's open this up a little bit. If, uh, we have a, just a few minutes left. If anyone wants to in the chat, um, make a comment or ask a question. Uh, to Rachel, um, I'm just looking at the chat right now, some of the wonderful things you've said. Thank you all for being here. I love some of these things. Wow, I can so relate. Thank you for sharing. I'm so glad for this program today. Thank you. I I feel like when, I, when I'm with Rachel, I feel, well, there, I'm watching, I'm really into this podcast right now from Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Have y'all heard about this? The, her, it's called Wiser Than Me, and she interviews all these women that are like 20 years older than her saying, you know, show me your wisdom, tell me your wisdom. And that's what I feel like it is every time I'm with Rachel. I just l lap up her, all of her wonderful wisdom. Oh, no, someone's asking about my Tarzan yell. No, can't, can't do that today. <laughs> That's another day. Yes, my dad was very proud of me when I was on the Carol Burnett show and I challenged her to a Tarzan calling contest. It was, that's, that's enough. We'll, we'll get to that one at some other broadcast, but uh, <laughs> I think I would probably blow Ken's ears out if I did my Tarzan yell on the microphone. So we're getting comments of people just saying that, that thank you for the beauty that you, we bring and uh, yeah, this has been a this has been a, a a good one today, Rachel. So, do you have any other little stories, or should I just end with a song? A song. <laughs> I love to end with a song. <laughs> Let me do this one. 
I would say this is another thing that my dad gave to me along the lines of uh, just do it. Taught me about being brave. I think that's true for the both of us. If I just show up and be open to surprise, there could be miracles right before my eyes. And if I just let go, something better might appear. Who knows what will happen when joy replaces fear? This is what he taught me. When I dare to be all that I'm meant to be, like a shooting star across the sky, unstoppable and free, I'll shine my light, I'll turn darkness into light. When I dare to be brave, that's what you've been all these years, Rachel, so brave, so brave. I love these, I love this message. And then I'll trust in who I am. Be bold and take a shot. Who knows what will happen when I give it all I got. Even when I'm scared, I'm gonna step into the ring. I've got so much to offer with the gifts that I can bring. When I dare to be all that I'm meant to be, like a shooting star across the sky, unstoppable and free, I'm gonna shine my light. I'll turn darkness into light. When I dare to be brave when I dare to be brave I've worried for so long and I've wasted so much time but now I'm ready to take the step and change claim what is What other people say My favorite line of this whole song Gonna take that leap And I've never felt so strong I might not do it perfectly But I'm right where I belong When I dare to be All that I'm meant to be Like a shooting star across the sky I'm unstoppable and free I'm gonna shine my light I'll turn darkness into light When I dare to be brave Dare to be brave That's what my daddy taught me Just dare 
to be brave Don't be afraid now Don't be afraid Be brave, be brave, be brave Yeah So that kind of sums it up for me Wow The songs just get better and better, Karen That's wonderful I I love it Wrote that with my friend Claudia Carowan. Yeah, I love that song. Just it's really says it for me. So, so we welcome back Kira. Thank you again, everybody who showed up today. Rachel, those stories just touched my heart as I'm looking at the chat. Everybody else was moved by them as well. You're amazing. Absolutely. Karen, I want to say uh, my, one of my dad's favorite sayings was just keep showing up. <laughs> well, it, interesting enough, look at the other song that I was about to sing. Just show up. That was that was in the in the queue. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I have a song for everything, but yeah, ma- mine too. Just keep yep. showing up. That's yeah. that's half of life right there. Yeah. Rachel and Karen, I just want to thank you one more time. These are so amazing, these conversations. I was thinking about how different this one was from last month's where we talked about mothers. Both so touching. I mean, I, you know, sitting here with tears, you know, through the through the hour, but just a really different energy, but just so uh, loving and tender and different because moms and dads are different for sure. Karen has a lot of other events and offerings too. You can find out about them on her website, karendrecker.com. And if you want to watch again or re-listen or re-watch the conversation or share it with other people. You can find them on our website and on Rachel's Facebook site and um, on any of our media sites. So much gratitude for all of you, for you fathers um, who are joining us. Thank you for being with us at the new school at Commonweal. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to a TNS presentation with Rachel Naomi Remen and Karen Drocker. Thank you for listening to TNS, The New School at Commonweal. The New School at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kara Epstein. Our audio producer is Ken Adams. Our theme music was performed by Debbie Daly. Visit us online at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening.